A Light to the Nations is a production of the Ephesus School Network. Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of A Light to the Nations. I'm your host, Father Fred Shaheen. On November 16th, the lectionary of the Orthodox Church deviates from its usual cycle of readings from Luke and presents a reading from the Gospel of Matthew in honor of the feast day of the Apostle and Evangelist. Let's hear the text of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. First of all, we can note that Matthew is the only one of the four Gospels to reference the prophet Hosea, and he does it twice using the same text, chapter 6, verse 6, both here and again in chapter 12. In between these two references, in chapter 10, Jesus calls his 12 disciples to himself and gives them power to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases, those same things which the author told us Jesus himself had been doing. Compare the following texts. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. That's chapter 4, verse 23. And the following. Then Jesus went about all their cities, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That's chapter 9, verse 35. In chapter 10, after Jesus calls the twelve, immediately in verse 2, the text refers to them as apostles, and this is the sole occurrence of that word in this gospel. And in verse 3, one of them is named Matthew, and specifically called the tax collector. Of the three synoptic gospels, Matthew is the only one that identifies the tax collector by this name, which is derived from the Hebrew matan, meaning gift of God, and thus grace. By giving the tax collector this name, and then identifying him as one of the twelve who was given power to do what Jesus himself was doing, the author portrays Matthew as the consummate disciple of Jesus. His call is the only one, besides that of the four fishermen from chapter 4, that the author treats in a separate passage. Although the twelve are summoned proskalagemenos in chapter 10 and each of their names given, only Peter and Matthew are said to be called 
that is named legomenon in Greek in the respective passages that deal with the call of each. In the rise of scripture, Father Paul Tarazi shows how, in scripture, it is the name, when called, that establishes a being as a valid entity. Let's hear Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. In chapter 9, it is Matthew, the tax collector, and thus sinner par excellence, who is called, we might say even named. It is he who responds without hesitation, and most importantly, it is he who is seated at table with Jesus alongside other sinners merely through God's grace, which is a stumbling block to the religious authorities. It is the same Matthew that the author will name again in chapter 10 as one whom Jesus sends out to do the work of teaching, preaching, and healing. Thus, Matthew is shown through his call to be an exemplary disciple and apostle. We can look more closely at Matthew's call from chapter 9 and see how the reference to Hosea here and the one later in chapter 12 reinforce the teaching of Paul in Romans that all are in need of God's mercy. In both passages, the Pharisees question what they saw. In chapter 9, it is tax collectors and sinners eating with Jesus and his disciples. Later, when the disciples were hungry while going through the grain fields and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat, we hear that the Pharisees saw it and said to Jesus, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus corrects the Pharisees by directing them to hear scripture. In the phrasing of both passages that reference Hosea, what is conveyed is the Pharisees' lack of understanding, that is, their failure to hear and obey that which was written. Go and learn what this means, Jesus says, prefacing the words from Hosea, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, here in chapter 9. And later, the second time Jesus uses that same passage, he says to the Pharisees, If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. This second time, Jesus goes beyond pointing out their lack of understanding of Scripture and suggests their utter ignorance of it. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? Notice how in both instances the text makes mention of what the Pharisees saw. Jesus corrects them by directing them to hear and learn that which is written. Also, both offenses center around eating. In this, the Gospels show their reliance on Paul. In Galatians, Paul's showdown with the Jerusalemite leaders was triggered by the issue of table fellowship with non-Jews. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, 
fearing those who were of the circumcision. That's Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Matthew seems intent also on presenting Paul's teaching in Romans that all are in need of God's mercy. Here, Romans 11, in which Paul stresses the equalization of all to his Gentile hearers. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. That's verses 30 and 32. Unlike Luke, which treats the apostolic mission to Israel and to the nations in separate passages, the Gospel of Matthew presents one sending to both. The author even goes so far as to describe both, the multitudes as well as Israel, equally in terms of being lost. Compare chapter 9, verse 36, which says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. With just a few verses later, chapter 10, verse 6, which says, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Following Romans, Matthew ultimately emphasizes the need of all, Jew and Gentile, for God's mercy but only some are willing to recognize that need and to accept the invitation. It is those who have nothing else to rely on, the sinners and tax collectors, exemplified by Matthew, who rise and follow without hesitation when called to sit at table with Jesus. Thus, Matthew exemplifies what it takes to be a true disciple of Jesus and ultimately to be sent out to do the same things Jesus himself is doing, As we have noted, Peter and the sons of Zebedee are called as well back in chapter 4, but in their association with the pillars mentioned specifically in Galatians, they could be understood here as representative of the Pharisees, who, convinced of their own righteousness, cannot see the need for mercy. Ones who wouldn't want to be seated at table alongside Gentiles, whom they considered to be de facto sinners. And finally, Matthew does all of this by following the program Paul laid out in Romans, Jew first, then the Gentile. In its portrayal of sinners and tax collectors seated at table with Jesus, the call of Matthew from chapter 9 can be seen as a last call to the Jews, represented in the text by the Pharisees, who stumble over what they see not having heard and learned what was written in the prophets. Just as scripture equalizes all in the eyes of God, so does the gospel. Whether Jew or Gentile, all are in need of God's mercy. And this is something the Pharisees, the Jewish religious leaders, thus far have yet to grasp. In Matthew, the invitation is extended to them one last time via the example of a sinner and a disciple whose very name conveys God's gift. This concludes episode 29 of A Light to the Nations. I thank you for listening today. I'd like to wish all of you a blessed feast of the Apostle and Evangelist Matthew, and I look forward to meeting with you again in two weeks.